0: What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing out there? Man, happy Thanksgiving to everyone that's tuning in this week. I want to give you guys a great shout out. I know we got a lot to be thankful for, and I really appreciate you guys being here today listening to what is going on in the world. This is TJ with another episode of the Soapbox, and man, I'm telling you, this has been a great week. It's been an excellent holiday, and I just want to share that with you guys. So now, with no further ado, let's jump into the episode. All right. Well, first off, I want to say thank you again to you guys for tuning in. Um, I hope that you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know that I did. And I know that for some people that may have been a struggle. You used to having big crowds and everything at your house during the holiday season. And I understand. But the truth of the matter is, is that this is a different climate. We're going through something that we've never experienced before. And I can honestly say that this was probably one of the best Thanksgivings that Me and my family have had in a long time So with that being said I extend to you my thanks and my prayers And I hope that everything that you experienced this holiday season Was a good thing So now let's jump back into this racial bias situation And I'm kind of going to wind everything up this week And we'll move on to something different uh, the next week But in order to deal with racial bias properly We're going to have to dispel a couple myths That are out there right now that people are building their ideologies around, and it's just not accurate information, not accurate ways of thinking. And I understand that there are people that are actually legitimately fighting against the understanding that's needed for us to be able to unify as a human race. There are people out there that are actually promoting ideas that separate us as opposed to bringing us together. And that's sad. And most of this action is done as an effort to prop themselves up or maintain their own status quo so that they don't have to relinquish any power or control. We have to fight against that. So we've got to approach this strategically as we move into understanding racial bias better. So the first myth that we have to pay attention to is the myth of. That racism starts and ends with the individual. Honestly, this is by far one of the most harmful understandings that's out there right now because it does two things that are counterproductive to a change in thought. First, it makes the claim that if individuals know better, then they'll automatically do better. The second part to that is that it ignores the fact that all groups are made up of individuals, and these individuals create the collective that make the identity of that group. So let's take into consideration the 1800s and the 1900s. So when we think about these two time periods, we have to understand that this is the time when the country is actually Riding off of the backs of slavery and sharecropping, and some of the most horrific times in our nation. During these time periods, we had two major dynamics in the country that most people would consider good and probably still considered good now at that point in time we would have imagined that the country was predominantly christian and most likely morally conservative if we pay attention to the actions that were taken during these years we understand that the argument for individualism in race relations is clearly thrown out the window so when we look at this idea of individualism At this point in time, just about everybody went to church. That was kind of a part of your lifestyle. And those that didn't were still very respectable during the hours and times that were designated for that type of action. However, some of these same individuals who would go to church on Sunday morning would participate in mass lynchings and hangings that same afternoon. Some of these individuals even participated in other actions that further divided the nation. Pastors, individuals who were thought to have the most moral grounding in spiritual doctrine, would preach messages inside of their pulpits and in their churches that continue to promote the idea of segregation and destruction of of a lower race do you think people didn't know better then people knew better they knew better on an individual level but because of the fact that most of them were buying into this ideology for different reasons they ignored their better judgment and sided with the nation's norm when we look deeper into this process we understand that every single governing body is made up of individuals When you talk about the power of unity The power of a governing entity Then you have to understand that there are different elements that make up the the strength of an ideal that's pushed inside of any group of people. For instance, the first may very well be that enough people with the same motivation are together on a particular issue. That in itself breeds power. And we understand that as a nation, we utilize these tactics all the time. So it should be no surprise when we see that individual racism leads to systemic or Group racism. We also have to understand that a majority can rule and persuade that's been a part of our nation ever since its conception as a matter of fact when we look at the world in a whole we see that majority always pushes towards a particular ideology that is then funneled through the rest of the population another part of this process that we have to pay close attention to is the fact that many people fear being what the masses ostracize So when you look at this time frame When you look at these eras in history Where it appeared that the majority of the nation Was leaning towards a segregated existence Then we have to understand That many of these individuals Were afraid of being on the other side of that hate So they felt as though their only option was To ride along with the masses Now the second myth that we've got to get rid of Is that there is no systemic factor when it comes to racism This by far is one of the most ridiculous ideas in the entire argument against social justice and race equality But to illustrate this, I need to use an example that I'm sure many of you will understand. So I don't know if you follow basketball or not, but in the 90s, there was probably no greater power in the basketball world than the Chicago Bulls. Now, there are many people that will argue how prolific the players were. Many people would bank on the unstoppable nature of Michael Jordan. But there was a system in place with the 90s. 90s Bulls. And this system was brought to light by their coach, Phil Jackson. This system of offense was called the triangle. And it was very simply put that you had a key figure that would be the center point of your offense, and everything worked around him in a triangle formation. This system was presented to the team, it was harped on, it was drilled. It brought great success so much to the point that even after Jackson. Finished his tenure with the Bulls, he continued to push this triangle system in Los Angeles when he went there. It produced results, it produced the outcome that he intended. And everybody that was a part of it basically began to propagate this system as they continued to follow his lead. Now, I don't mean to dwell on basketball long, but this is exactly how systemic racism is developed. When you have a system First off it has to be created And many times inside of this creation There are moments when people assess What's going on around them Who's doing what These types of different things That allow individuals To develop a system That works in their favor Next it has to be introduced We see this all the time With various laws, rules, regulations That were brought up in the past in history That continue to affect Even now. Next, it has to be promoted. We understand. That racism throughout history Was promoted left and right From government officials To church pulpits To advertisements Even our schools Were utilized to promote The segregation and the oppression Of one race And the elevation of another Then of course it has to be Propagated It has to continue So much to the point that You don't even realize That you're continuing it If we look at our media today if we look at our music and our movies, many of the stereotypical situations that were from the 1800s and 1900s continue today we install them into our entertainment we let our children hear it we place these images of a lesser race Inside of so many things. Today, just today alone, we had two firsts. We had our first African-American Cardinal for the Catholic Church. And we had the first female to actually play in a power five football game. Now, both of those things may not even seem major to you, but what should is that this is 2020 and we are still seeing breakthroughs in race relations and gender relations. It makes absolutely no sense. But the reason why it continues is because we have fed the stereotypes and propagated the, them on and on and on throughout the generations so just like any other situation we're not going to present a problem and not present a solution so how do we defeat racial bias well there are two key elements that we have to do no matter what we have to be very mindful about what we hear and we have to be very mindful about what we do now the first thing that we're going to do is tackle the hearing part because it's the most elaborate operation now i've talked about this a little bit before and i'm gonna say this again ladies and gentlemen it is vitally important that you monitor and critique what you listen to everything that somebody's saying is not for your benefit and there are many people who spit all kinds of garbage out of their mouths and some of them could care less whether it hurts you or offends you drives you down the wrong path whatever the case may be you need to guard your ear gate carefully but when we're talking about hearing especially as it pertains to racial bias we need to follow what we've learned in school the who what where when and why first off you need to question who is saying what you're listening to who is this individual who is this person that wants to tell you something. Could it be a politician? Could it be a judge? Could it be a lawyer? Could it be a pastor? Could it be a friend of yours who just doesn't understand the situation? The who always matters because a lot of times what the who does is the who gives you an insight into their affiliations, which then gives you an insight into the motivations of that affiliation. You always should ask yourself who is saying what they're saying to you. Prime example, if I were a alcoholic, why in the world would I listen to advice about my drinking problem from another active alcoholic. That individual doesn't even know how to solve their problem. How in the world can they tell you how to solve your problem? That's where you have to worry about the who. So you should critique anybody who is feeding you information, especially when it's race related information the next thing is you need to ask yourself what are they actually saying now this one can be a little tricky because i know a lot of people live for their sunday morning messages i want you to pay close attention to what i'm saying because i don't want to offend anyone but i want to be very clear about what this step means Ladies and gentlemen, let me say this, and I'm probably going to catch a little bit of heat from what I'm about to say, but it kind of is what it is. Every single pastor that stands in a pulpit claims to have heard from God. Every single church affiliation, every denomination claims to be the God-giving answer to the world. Yet at the present moment, we have over 1,400 different types of Christians. Now, I'm just speaking. From a Christian perspective Because that's my religious faith I'm sure there are some of you out there That are of other religions But I think you can relate to what I'm saying So when you listen to a person You need to make sure that you're listening To someone who is Sincerely connected To what they are saying But not only do you need to do that Because sincerity can be tricky See some people can feel Really really emotionally Tied to what they're saying to you Some people can have the best of intentions They don't want to hurt you They want to guide you along However, what they have not done Is they have not done the homework necessary To ensure that what they are telling you Is legitimate that's why it is so important that you vet the individual information that someone is saying to you. Don't take anything at face value because what people are saying to you can be altered. It can be tainted. It can be very tricky for you. I have a lot of friends that I deal with on a regular basis, people that I care about, but I don't take everything they say as the law nor do I give them 100% full faith in what they're saying. Now, I do understand that there is a need for sound counsel, and I accept that, but I vet every single word anybody says to me. It doesn't matter who they are. It wouldn't matter to me if it was my own parents. I'm going to vet what you say because I need to make sure that you are not being influenced by something that is contrary to my benefit. You see, there are some people out there that want you to have blind faith in their messages. You can't do that. Anything that an individual tells you, you need to look into because there's a lot of information that's being peddled in courtrooms, in classrooms, in in homes, in churches that are absolutely negative information or not necessarily negative but definitely not truth so we want to make sure that we vet what someone is saying the next thing you want to do is you want to know when they are saying it you see some messages are just convenient some stuff that people say to you is just all about timing what's going on at the present moment to make you say what it is that you just said you need to make sure that you're looking at that because that can give you a glimpse into the ambitions of an individual. Would they have said this if things were different? Would this have been a core part of what they were trying to imply? Had the timing been different? Now you might say to yourself, Well, every message is timing. We always want to be relevant in what we say to our friends and to our family. And that's true. However, you also want to make sure that motivations aren't tainted because of timing, dealing with politics, dealing with social issues, dealing with things that are happening in the local community, or even in your particular area that you're in. Timing is everything. And make sure you're paying attention to the timing that the individual is using that's talking to you. Now, this next one's a biggie. You want to make sure you know where they are saying what they're saying. That covers a lot of ground because not only are we talking about a physical location, but more importantly, where are they at in life? Where are they positioned? What are they affiliated with? As far as what they're saying to you See there's a lot of people out there right now That are fighting against The social justice movement It's not because of the fact That they don't see what you're seeing The problem is Is that where they are They can't afford to be in opposition Of their supporters They've been indoctrined To believe a certain way Because of their affiliation And that's a sad existence When you are part of something and you refuse to do what's right simply because you can't go against the people you're attached to that's sad and we've got a lot of that going on and then of course lastly you need to ask yourself why they're saying what they're saying because everybody's motivations aren't pure ladies and gentlemen in this highly charged political environment that we are literally driving ourselves out of right now we had two sides arguing about issues where clearly one side was telling the truth and the other side was telling a lie ladies and gentlemen let me say this and then i want to make sure that this is clear there is no such thing as an alternate truth all right there's no such thing as an ulterior fact facts are proven by statistical data it does not matter what anybody says about the sky we have all determined not only through scientific proof but through what we have all considered the color scale that the sky at any given time that we look can be blue so if the whole world looks at the sky and sees blue and another person looks at the sky and says it's green even though they see that it's blue. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a lie. You can't smack me in the face and then turn around and say you were trying to caress my face. There are two different actions there. But we have a situation now where fact and truth are being challenged, not by other fact, not by other truths, but by simply pure lying and you have to ask yourself why why are people saying the things that they're saying to me if you refuse to ask that question then you refuse to allow yourself to understand the truth underlining individuals motivations you should never want to be the victim of someone's puppeteering even if they label themselves a like mind, even if they put themselves inside of an organization that you may be a part of, relevant. even if they say that they serve the same God as you do, you cannot allow yourself to be their puppet simply because of affiliation. Now, the last one's not as big, but we need to make sure that we're looking at this. We need to vet our practices. Ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to say that I cannot identify a moment in time when my family has practiced any kind of racial exclusion. Me and my family have friends of all races. We have individuals that we consider family from all races. And many times when we have get togethers and different events, then it is a very colorful event. You see, we need to stop saying a couple things that cause us to have these issues. One of the worst statements that anybody can say is I'm colorblind. First off, there is no reason for you not to see color the races exist they're there secondly none of us should be uniform this is not about a simulation we're not trying to turn one race into another we're not trying to eliminate the positive elements of any race and furthermore we're really not trying to eliminate the negative ones either because that's how we learn how to be better i need to see your pluses and your minuses i need to see your good and your bad But I also need to accept the fact that we are different, but our difference should not be a pathway to fear. Our difference should be a pathway to elevation. How does your personality and my personality mesh together to make a new personality, your innovations and my innovations, how you see the world and how I see the world? How do we blend this together to reach further? But you can't do that if you practice or if you make a part of your daily practice. The safety and security of only dealing with people that look like you, only moving or living around people that act like you, only worshiping with people that worship like you. You see, the sickness that plagues our nation now is not overt in your face racism. The issue that plagues our country now happens on birthdays. When you look around and you see the children that your children play with, and you look around and you see that it is simply a microcosm of your own friend circle, when you go out bowling in the crowd that you invite appear to be very similar and i'm not telling anybody to step outside of their comfort zone but i am telling you that's the only way that we're gonna get past this bias that's plaguing us you will never never prefer an outsider let me say that again you will never prefer an outsider and when your day-to-day actions cause you to program in your mind an accepted type of individual everyone that is different than that becomes an outsider so when you become the store manager and you have to hire someone you're not gonna side along the side of the outsider when you become a juror and you have to hear a case You're never going to side on the side of the outsider The way that you side on the like-minded The safe face The individual that makes you feel comfortable when you see them. There are court cases right now held in the same court, judged by the same judge. Two people who have done the exact same crime. And the only difference in their sentencing was their skin color. One got sentenced lightly. The other got sentenced heavily. That comes from that safe zone. That comes from that bias, that internal bias that has been Reinforced by practice After practice after practice Cookout after cookout Birthday after birthday Home event after home event Seeing the same people Getting to know them Starting to embed in your mind What looks like a good person That's the bias we have to defeat And it's not going to be easy Ladies and gentlemen It's not going to be easy Because many of us are not willing to take that step Many of us are not willing to stretch out Get to know, realize That good people exist In every race And the vast majority of all races Simply want the same thing We may have stepped out of The darkness of overt In your face racism But it is up to us To defeat this bias Stretch our hands out to those that don't Look like us Might not think like us Might not even act like us And begin to understand that they're good people Just different If we can do this, the world will become a better place. Well, all right. That's all I got for you guys this week. Next week, we're going to jump into a brand new series, brand new episode. Um, Again, I thank you guys so much for your love and support. I really, really, really enjoy talking to you guys. And I'm going to continue to keep feeding you the information as it goes. So keep your head up. Stay strong. My soapboxes, I love you. Peace.